You are Locked On Royals, your daily Kansas City Royals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Royals podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. It is at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. On today's show, we're going to talk about some baseball, and not much is happening right now with Kansas City. We talked earlier this week about the free agency and the possible moves that Kansas City could make, so you can go back and listen to that. We also talked about uh, a special Tops baseball card project, so if you're into baseball cards, go check that out. That was a really fun interview to do. Uh, But today, I just want to talk about general baseball stuff, like within this division, the White Sox hire Tony La Russa, who I always said was a bad hire, and I never understood why they made that hire. And then it comes out that he has gotten his second DUI, and the charges were put against him the day before the hire, and the organization knew uh, about these charges against him and still proceeded with hiring a 80-year-old bag of bones who won't relate to the players and has supported bills that are uh, in favor of deporting and checking papers of Latinos who make up most of his roster. Uh, it's just, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me why you would hire someone like Tony La Russa. And, you know, the baseball, you know, strategy aside, you know, the baseball hire aside, to hire somebody who has now had two DUIs, the first DUI pushed him out of baseball, the second DUI welcomes him back into baseball, a very bookend story there for Tony La Russa, is interesting to me. And then to find out that not only is he a drunk, not only... Uh, does he, you know, not care about his fellow man, but he's a total jackass. Larusa, after getting pulled over, asked the officer as he was putting his hands behind his back, "Do you see my ring?" The officer says, "What?" Larusa says, "Do you see my ring? I'm a Hall of Famer baseball person. I'm a Hall of Famer baseball." person. And so since all of this has come out, Marcus Stroman, who is very vocal on Twitter and is very, very interesting to follow along with on Twitter, and it's back with the Mets now, signing the qualifying offer. He puts out there that no amount of money could get me to sign with Chicago because I'd rather have peace of mind for not playing with someone uh, not playing for someone who is an alcoholic and a racist. So that's what you set yourself up for with Chicago. And with the White Sox, this was going to be such a fun era of White Sox baseball. And I look forward to, you know, April 15th when Tim Anderson hits a walk-off home run against Brad Keller going for a complete game uh, shutout. And then all of a sudden, 
He flips his bat, and then all of a sudden, Tony Larusa, after the game, suspends Tim Anderson for a month. That'll be swell. Th- this this is just a terrible, awful hire. And to make matters worse, and I, and I really feel for Tiger fans, not Tiger fans, I really feel for White Sox fans, uh, because the graphic department, the sports information department that handles the social media, uh, they had a graphic made up for A.J. Hinch, which tells me they got intel that the hire was going to be A.J. Hinch before an old switcheroo, before Reinsdorf comes in and wants to you know, relive his glory days whenever he wasn't a bag of bones, and he wants to come in and hire Larusa. So you could have had A.J. Hinch. That must suck, huh? For Kansas City, you like whenever a team in your division makes an awful hire, though. Well, you would hope it wouldn't be a drunk who would endanger the lives of others. But, hey, in the sense of a baseball standpoint, this is an awful hire. It should make a you know, White Sox team on the verge of being a dynasty into a pitiful baseball team. And so, therefore, all of a sudden, now it elevates Kansas City once they are able to get right. So you like that. Not the alcoholism, but you do like the the bad hire because it's in your division. Anyway, the Cy Young Awards were announced over the past week. And Trevor Bauer and Shane Bieber win Cy Young Awards. So shout out to Trevor Bauer for uh, winning his first Cy Young, but also the first Cy Young in Reds history for a organization like that anytime you can do something and be the first in a reds uniform to do something you know that, that that's really special because i mean think about how much history that organization has to be the first to do something is crazy i mean it's absolutely crazy so credit to uh Charlie bauer of course shane bieber in this division was just lights out electric he would have had my vote as well so i, I agree with these two decisions i really do so far the only disagreement for awards to me have been the Nicky Lopez second base gold glove. That's really been the only one that I, I just cannot get behind. But coming up, I do want to talk about the Manager of the Year awards and also dive more into some interesting baseball news and notes that you know I didn't really see coming, but maybe I should have. And we're back on the Lockdown Royals podcast, a part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. It is at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. You can also subscribe to the show anywhere you get your podcast from as we continue to wait out this offseason and search for any sort of news that might appear for Kansas City so far. It's just been them thinking about bringing in a broken starting pitcher who is not very good at baseball. So maybe, maybe they'll do that, and we can have more uh, discussions about that. Even though I wouldn't because, you know, you kind of already have a good stable of pitching prospects that you need to see in Kansas City sooner than later. So why waste a spot on a broken reclamation project? But nonetheless... They did announce the Managers of the Year, and while I really wanted Rick Renteria to get the award in the AL simply because, not that he deserved it, but simply because I wanted the White Sox to feel even more embarrassed whenever they had the Manager of the Year, fired him for an alcoholic and a racist, and then had to be like, well, 
that doesn't look good now. Uh, but the fact that he's a finalist, that's good enough for me. Uh, but Kevin Cash did win the award. And it's a regular season award. And again, he made a mistake in the postseason. That's great. You know, good for him. And, and, and we can all call that a mistake. I call it a, a huge mistake. And I, was, I made no bones about it. I was very hard on him after that decision. Uh, but this is a regular season award. I mean, you don't if, – if your MVP goes to the postseason and strikes out six times, he's still your MVP. Uh, that's just the game of baseball. I mean, you're going to fail. You're going to do bad stuff. And you got to get over it. So credit to him for winning the manager of the year. Now, I did want to talk about still in the AL because the AL in the, of course, the AL Central, but the AL as a whole is more important for Kansas City than the NL, obviously, because that's who you're going to be competing with to get to the postseason. And the New York Yankees, I don't know what they're trying to do here. I mean, one minute you hear reports that they're trying not to spend money. And the next minute you hear reports that they're trying to trade for Francisco Lindor. They're trying to improve this team. Uh, but what caught me today was that they had interest in Yadier Molina. And that came out earlier this morning. And having interest in the Cardinals' backstop at 38 years old, it just doesn't make sense to me. Because where would you put Gary Sanchez? You would assume that with a healthy lineup, your DH spot is taken care of. Can Gary Sanchez play first base? And I've, I've also long said that you know anyone can play first base. It's not very hard. You know you can play first base any time. There was once upon a time, uh, a moment in Kansas City where some idiot on six ten was like, "Well, Mike Mustakis can't play first base." I think his name was like Brad Flanley or something. Uh, Mike Mustakis cannot play first base. Uh, he's just not athletic enough. But he's athletic enough to play third base and win gold gloves at third base. But he's not athletic enough to play first base. And then all of a sudden, he goes from playing third base to second base. But yeah, he totally could not have played first base. Totally not. No, he could have never played first base. It was outrageous to think that he could have played first base. So, I mean, that's the kind of people I'm talking to right now. Gary Sanchez could technically play first base. But I'm not sure what you do with him at that point. I'm not sure where you put him because Luke Voigt had an amazing year. So do you really want to take Luke Voigt out of the lineup? And maybe you think that Luke Voigt was a flash in the pan. And in a 60-game season, of course, he looked good. Uh, but you see stuff to prove it to you. I would agree with that. But do you really want to not give him that chance to prove it to you? Because Luke Voigt was awesome. So the Yankees have a really interesting situation. If you really want Yadier Molina, Molina's not going somewhere, I don't think, where he's not going to be the everyday catcher. That's just not in his DNA. And he's not at that point in his career yet, I don't think. So... What, what's the play here? And that's what I'm thinking here at 9 a.m. this morning, whenever this report first came out. And then around 2.30, we got the report that the Yankees are willing to listen to offers for Gary Sanchez. And I find that interesting because I'm not sure what his value is. He, It's kind of weird to me because I think that if I told you, if I just said the name Gary Sanchez, right, if I just come up to you and said, and you were a diehard baseball fan, I said, what do you think of Gary Sanchez? A diehard baseball fan, but but not a Yankees fan, you would say, good player, good little player, good bat, great bat, something along those lines. So we can all agree he's not a bad player, right? Maybe, and I think that we all should agree he's a bad defender and he's a bad catcher, but player as a whole, not a bad player. We all agree he's not a bad player, but would you want him in Kansas City? Would you want him in, if you're a Rangers fan? Would you want him if you were a you know, Cardinals fan? I struggle to find the fan base that would really want him, but I also struggle to find somebody who would say he's a bad player. So it's like, 
what do you do with a player like that? It reminds me a lot of Russell Westbrook. It's like right now, Westbrook wants out of Houston, and everyone's like, oh, he's not a bad player, but... And, and then after that but, you start mentioning how he is a bad player, in fact. So it's like, what do we do with Gary Sanchez here? And, and what's the value? Because if, if Kansas City or any team gave up a, a couple high-level prospects for Gary Sanchez, I, I, I don't know how you would react to that. Because personally, I would say, huh, that's pretty weird. I don't really like that decision. But on the other hand... If you're the Yankees, how can you accept anything less for a young, you know, just stud at the plate? You know, I get it. He's not a good defender, but a young stud at the plate. How can you accept anything less than at least a couple, you know, three or four top-level prospects? You know, two or three top-level prospects and some some minor-level prospects and things like that to go in as well. It's interesting, though. I, I really am. But the Molina report surprised me a little bit. It really did. I think that they're going to get Tanaka back, but that's just a hunch feeling. That's not like a, a hard and fast report. But it does seem like they're going to get him back, so that'll be good. But I just wonder what they're going to do with Gary Sanchez because it doesn't seem like the Yankees are in love with Gary Sanchez. And I I just did not see that one coming. I thought that this whole, what do you want to call it, this whole honeymoon or whatever with Gary Sanchez would not have ended so quickly. I mean, I take you back two years, Gary Sanchez with the talk of the town. But then you look up and he's 27 years old, and I guess that this is kind of where time goes. I mean, I still remember when Gary Sanchez was making his baseball debut and, and, and wasn't nothing in the big leagues yet. I mean, he was 22 years old, but I mean, now he's 27. And I don't really know what you do with him. I really don't. I mean, last year he didn't hit worth a lick and that sucks. Obviously. I, I just don't know. I just don't know. What do you think about Gary Sanchez? What would you rate him right now? If, if I told you, to get at me on Twitter and rate him one to five. Would you put him in that five tier or that one tier? Let me know on Twitter at Ryland underscore styles. And on tomorrow's show, we'll talk more baseball because that's what you do on a baseball podcast that happens every single day, even while there's no baseball to be talked about. We'll try to make something happen. I didn't think that we can make that much out of a Gary Sanchez segment. So that's good for us, I think. Anyway, I am Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. Be good and be good to one another as we will see you next time on Lockdown Royals. That is the only daily podcast about the Kansas City Royals. And we're trying to make it about the Kansas City Royals, but, you know, they're not really doing much right now. And tomorrow, uh, you know, we can get the get the temperature of the fan base as well about rebuilding versus turning that page on the rebuild, which is a segment we've done a lot as we wait out the decision from Dayton Moore on that front. Uh, But it'll be fun. So be good and be good to one another.